welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Let's get it going out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the world. Welcome on in once again to the Sports Buffoon Studios here in Lenexa, Kansas, with our boys JG and Tanner Dawson. What's up, fellas? What's going on, everybody? Yo. And I am Mike Settle running the show here. And guys, guess what? It is Thanksgiving weekend coming right on up on us. That means, gosh darn it, that means we have we have four days off of work, right? Yeah, right. yes, I, mean, I, I, I'm I assuming there. you guys do. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what that's what I'm excited yeah. about right now. Four days off work, which means we could put all of our energy and effort into what's going on in the sports world, and of course, ways to make you guys money. As you know, that's what we do best on this show uh, here historically in the past few weeks. Anyways, yeah, I did so. want to let you know, Bill Self did return to get his first W today, so it's good to have him back as a with a W. So. You know, they would have got a W without him anyway, right, Tanner? <clears throat> well, we did. I'm, I'm saying without Bill Self, he would have gotten a W anyway. Mm, I don't know. It's a tough game. I'm, I'm just saying he wasn't. He's not that important. He's pretty important. Tilga Tanner injecting his random KU crap onto the intro of the Sports Buffoon Show. Unreal. JG's brother would love is going to love it. So well, he, he might love it, but you know, JG's brother deserves to come on the show again at some point yep. to to rattle off. In fact, I'd love to have him come on and talk about the K State KU game coming on. This weekend, ah, man. Uh, that's going to be real exciting. I personally, I can't wait to watch how that one unfolds. Um, yeah, but- we, we do need to bring him on because I'm more of like a I don't want to say casual, but I'm kind of like I look at KU the same way that I look at the NBA. It's like wait until the, the until big, March. wait until the Big 12 tournament, you know, then I'll start, <laughs> you know, actually giving a shit. I got that. I got that. But guys, we do have a crap load of things to get to today. We got a lot. We'll be talking a lot of NFL. We got a little bit of NBA. Um, but for, for the most part, guys, we're going to be digging digging deep into some fun NFL topics today. But first and foremost, to kick it all off, it is, as I said, this is Wednesday, essentially Friday. Uh, what are you guys sipping on? Uh, I don't know. What did you buy, Mike? I did buy a huge-ass bottle of wild turkey. Huge. And I'm hoping it'll last most of the weekend, because as I'm sharing it amongst friends and family and so on here... Um, so that's what we're sipping on at the moment. I got a little buzz ball as well here. So that go. is what we're working with for the show today. Um, but you guys like it so far? Well, I love it. Yeah, I, mean, I think solid. we've been sipping on a little bit of everything so far tonight, Mike. But um, I like that you brought up the fact that we do get four days off. Yes. Even though I'm so working, I'm working hard right now, late into the night as I drink this whiskey, like at some point I want to get a Wednesday off, but uh, we're working hard for you guys. We're working hard for you working guys. Working hard on essentially a weekend. Unreal. Our family's waiting for us back at home. Uh, and here we are grinding away with talking about grinding sports. Away. All right, guys. All, right. Uh, all, right. all, all jokes aside, enough, enough of let's go ahead and jump right into it because Tanner, guess what? We got to get, we got to dive right in once again to the easy money picks of the week recap, followed by our picks for this week as well, because I want you guys out there listening right now. Those of you who turn in just for the beginning and you, you put off the back end because we were doing in the back end for a while there was was telling you our picks for the for the week. And I don't know if y'all were listening because if you were listening, you were making money. I'm trying to make you money now. So if you're hanging tight right there with us, I appreciate that so much. And I am now eight and two on the season on my picks. So Tanner, go ahead and let's let's get away. into it here, guys. Okay. Hang on. You know the definition. 
old Dante Culpepper. Remember the touchdown dance for Dante Culpepper, Tanner? Right? He would start doing this. Go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a thing. The, the old Dante yeah. Culpepper, a little touchdown celebration. Oh, uh, it's classic as always. I love Dante. Um, all right, recap here going into play. Week 11, guys. It's kind of a rough one. Uh, JG, first off, had Arizona plus eight. They lost. Uh, they did not cover the eight. Wait, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It's a push. It's a push. It's a push. So you don't even get a loss on that one. Look at you. So it's not a loss. It's just a push. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's never a, good record, a loss, dude. man. I'm undefeated. It's a, a good record. I'm undefeated. Uh, so that brings, and he also had Browns at plus seven and a half. Browns did not cover that seven and a half. So JG is actually sitting at six and nine. Nice. That's misinformation. I love that I'm getting record. sick and tired of your misinformation. That's probably my wow. favorite record right now. So uh, JG with a six and nine record for the year. I love it. Super nice. Uh, Mike, as he said already, eight and two with the Buffalo Browns over 41 and a half. Buffalo Browns? The Buffalo Browns. What are you from? He said Buffalo Browns. I had the <laughs> Buffalo Browns under 41 and a half because it was supposed to be in Buffalo where it's supposed to be seven feet of snow. But instead, after right after the show on Thursday, they end up in Detroit. Pushing or, to Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. At least if he would have said the Baltimore Browns, he would have been 50% right. <laughs> right. So well, it is what it is. Without whining about it, I'll go ahead and take the L on that one still. Because um, obviously, because Tanner, Detroit, we're sitting here on a Wednesday. Take the, the L, Tanner. Take the live. L. Whenever we're telling you our picks, we're talking You said live. over, and you were going to yes. do that in the snow, though, too. I didn't give a damn. They need to take our yeah, live because pick. you went to Detroit. So shut your live everybody pick. with me right and now. Then, take the L, Tanner. So I, I'm, I'm going to take that L, even though it wasn't in the correct area of what they should have been. Uh, and then the Utah money line, Utah ended up losing by two points. Yeah, so he needs to quit doing that crap anyway. I went eight with the and other twelve. Hands. Eight and twelve. So we, let's tell the people this week's picks of the week, though, because it's Thanksgiving. Everyone's going to be fat and happy, and uh, you know, trying to make some money on their DraftKings and. Points, bets, and fan duels fat, the happy so, and drunk. So drunk, making bets on their phones, Tanner. So yeah, we need to help correct. them with that process. So JG, I'll let you start out. What you got? Oh, I'm going to give you guys some fun ones this week. All right, because I'm going to give you two games, and they're both Thanksgiving Day. All right, you ready for oh. this? Easy money bets of the week. I look at both of these games equally because I'll start with Detroit. Hosting Buffalo. So Buffalo just won a game on Detroit's home field. Now, I don't think the Detroit fans are going to take too kindly to that. So I will take Detroit um, plus nine and a half. I like it. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Detroit actually wins this game because it's a Thanksgiving Day game. Anything can happen. Um, but definitely going to cover the nine and a half points. And in my other game here. Uh, I'm going to go with the New York Giants because both of these teams, the Giants and the Cowboys, are both seven and three. And I th I feel like everybody believes that Dallas is a better team. And I, I would actually agree with that. But for this one game, I feel like Dallas is a little bit too high coming off that win last week. Um, and I, I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit in this game. It's kind of a, I don't, I don't want to call it a trap game, but. It's a tough divisional matchup. 
And I do believe in the job. Again, it's kind of like that Buffalo game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants actually win this game, but they will certainly cover. So give me the Giants plus 10. Those are my two easy money bets of the week. Solid. Uh, You get nine and a half. uh, Looks like across the board uh, for the Lions Buffalo game. Uh, Across the board at minus 110. You can get uh, Giants covering that 10-point spread at minus 105 currently on DraftKings or minus 107 on points bet. Otherwise, minus 10. So minus 110 uh, across the board. So, Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd touch that Detroit game. I don't know if I'm touching that Dallas bet, that Giants bet. You need to touch it. <laughs> you need to touch something. Look, touch. look at it this way. Look at it this way. <laughs> I mean, touch. I guess you're hoping for a. <laughs> I guess you're hoping for a 1928 win by Dallas, essentially. Because once you score over 20 points with the Giants, it's over. So, do you like Dallas to cover that? Oh, then? I love Dallas to cover that. I'm not buying it, man. I'm not buying it at all. But I'm not. I'm not putting that down on my easy money guys and i'm pretty sure pretty sure the nfl doesn't want dallas to win that game by 10 either if you you know what i mean they want that drama they want a little bit of drama what you got mike uh so last week we had a same game that we both had picked just opposite Mm -hmm. this week we have the same game but same pick so it just happens to fall that way sometimes you guys but this means we're actually doubling down on the sports buffoons on a pick we are taking the Lions to cover nine and a half against the Bills this week. Actually, tomorrow uh, on this game. I, I love this pick so much. I love Detroit being at home. And considering the fact that they do have a offense that can be streaky hot um, going against a Bills team who is currently in flux at the moment and trying to reel themselves back in after kind of a rough patch of the season that they're currently in. Um, I don't necessarily believe the Lions go out there and get a win against the Bills. But I do think they make it rough for him. I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to be an easy game whatsoever. And so I definitely love the Lions to cover the nine and a half. So that means there's two buffoons on the set who are doubling down on that pick for the Lions plus nine and a half. Make that bet as soon as possible. I like that. I like that bet there going into play. So. Lions and Giants are going to win both of those Giants fucking games. Giants. So. I don't think Giants will. Uh, so I got a little different than you guys going into play. <clears throat> uh, my one NFL pick is the Bears. At plus six, minus one, one, and 105 on DraftKings currently uh, against the Jets, who just benched Zach Wilson for Mike White. So I like that into play. Chicago plus six. And then uh, the uh, NCAA game I like. Oh, God, here he goes again. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this guy just uh, This guy's team just lost last week. It was, they were number five in the rankings. The quarterback tore his ACL. He is out for the year. This team is in devastation mode going to play. The team they're facing, I, I think, is on a two- or three-game win streak right now, and they're one of the worst teams in the SEC currently. Give me Vandy to cover that plus 17 against Tennessee at home with minus 110. Oh, that's Tennessee, a loss. Vandy at plus 17. Oh, that's a no loss. No Malik Hooker. No Tennessee <laughs> quarterback. It's gone. That's his Malik Hooker. His name. Did I just say Malik Hooker? His name is not Malik. That Hooker. is bad. That's that's not right. That's not right. It doesn't matter who it is. I do anymore. I will no tell you this name. right now. If Tanner ever gives you an easy money bet and he can't pronounce the team name or a player's name right, I want you to. Why do I got to name a player? I want. Now? Hey, this is the JG. I want you to go opposite of what he says. You gotta that realize is the easy money. I'm bet. doing these, and I'm also between 900 screens. Those of you out there listening right now. 
when you think to yourself, why do they call them the sports buffoons, not the sports experts? This is why. And by the so, way, welcome on to the show. <laughs> by the way, there was actually an NFL player back in the day named Fair Hooker. Yes. Go look it up. Wide receiver Fair Hooker was and, out there. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are out there too, just real quick, LSU only has a 10 point spread on Texas AM. I like that one too. Once you get your record above 500 in your picks, we can start giving more advice over there. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just throwing saying, it maybe out don't there. Do extras look at right these now. lines. These extras, I don't know. Your NFL picks, fine, but. These NCAA ones are pretty sketchy. Actually, I hit my last, not last week, but the two before that. So I, I, more- I will say two of the three of us on the show are professional sports betters. I'm not going to tell you which two people it is, but, uh, you know, you, I'm can, you can take two of us to the bank on a weekly basis. Uh, by the way, Chicago Bears money line, if you really want to go that far, is at the plus 215 mark currently on DraftKings and Caesars. Just throwing it out there. Probably wouldn't be a hard, hard bet to throw some money down on. All right. Well, anyways, Tanner, now we got that all settled, figured out. Hope you guys can make some good picks this weekend and enjoy some football on Thanksgiving evening with your family and all that. And hopefully for the Chiefs' sake, watch a Buffalo Bills loss. I would not be upset about that personally. Um, Take a Dolphins loss too, just for the fun of it. Yeah, why not? But anyways, guys, moving right along. So we did see earlier this week the NFL Hall of Fame semifinalist list for the modern era players came out. And when I looked over this list and it's like 20 something players, I was like, man, this is incredible. This is incredible. How many awesome, awesome players are on this list that I just watched play over the past 20 years and got to watch their whole career unfold. And some of these guys are well-deserving. Some of these guys that I'm about to mention or not mention, I should say, are still deserving uh, to be in the Hall of Fame this year. It's just such a tough list to be a part of right now. Uh, in today's modern NFL, where it's just it feels cl- clouded in a lot of ways with so many great, talented players. But anyways, I want us to each give our top five um, from this list. Tanner, we have pulled up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Um, we're starting off at the top. We got Eric Allen at the bottom. We got Darren Woodson um, going from A to to W, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we see a lot of guys on this list. We were talking about guys like Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, uh, Jahari Evans, yeah. if you remember him, London Fletcher, of course, Dwight, Dwight Freeney, James Harrison, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, the greatest returner of all time. Don't even talk to me about Cordell Patterson, guys. I mean, I know we can, I know it's debatable. Is there people actually arguing about that? Of course there is. I know it's debatable. I get, I get why, because kick return wise, Cordell has the record for most yeah. touchdowns ever. Uh, but you got other guys on the list like, you know, Darrell Rivas, Steve Smith, Robert Mathis, Fred Taylor, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Heinz Ward, oh, D. Ware, Reggie Wayne, so Wolford, and, and many others. I, I, I can't name so all of them. So many right good now. players. But I want you guys to pick five from this list that you would put in the Hall of Fame. And I might have to debate a couple of you on this here. Uh, and when I say a couple, I mean, there's only two of you here, but I would probably debate <laughs> that wall over there if they disagreed with me about a certain player. So. Um, I, I, I think I already know who if, that player is. If you is have a player that, that you leave off your list, <laughs> I'm going to come right at you. But anyways, uh, JJ, I'll let you kick it off, actually. Uh, tell me your top five from this list that should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. All right. I'm going to start at the wide receiver position because there are two guys that really jump right out off of this list, uh, in my opinion. I'm going to start with Reggie Wayne. So for his career. 1,070 receptions, 14,345 yards, 82 touchdowns. Um, 
obviously had Peyton Manning as his quarterback, uh, but I, I'm not going to take anything away from this guy. He's definitely in my top five on this list. And then right after that, very similar numbers. I'm going to go with Steve Smith Sr. Doing more with less. So this is kind of my theme in this debate. Who's a guy that did more with less? Well, Steve Smith Sr. didn't have Peyton Manning. He also was only five foot nine, two-time All-Pro. Very similar numbers to Reggie Wayne. 1,031 receptions, over 14,000 yards, 81 touchdowns. And so that would be my second player of my five. After that, we're going to go with Beware of Dware. Okay? So linebacker, four-time All-Pro, 138 and a half sacks. Um, 505 solo tackles, 152 assists, um, D-Ware. And th- let me just make one thing clear here before I give you the rest of my top five. Like, so many players. This is a huge list. Such a huge Okay? List. We could go around and around on this fucking list all day long, but we don't have time for that. But, um, I, you know, it would be great to be a Hall of Fame voter. I mean, that would be amazing to have that honor because you could just sit there. I'm a numbers guy. And you could sit there and nitpick at these guys all day long. But um, definitely number three, uh, DeMarcus Ware. After that, I'm going to go with Dwight Freeney. Um, He's got 125 and a half sacks, 299 tackles, um, uh, an elite defensive end. He's got a championship ring with the Colts, three-time first-team All-Pro. Um, 128 tackles for loss. Dwight Freeney is my fourth guy. And then my fifth guy, you guys are going to fucking slaughter me for this. But when I don't even have to name any stats, I just give you a nickname. The guy goes into the Hall of Fame. And that would be Revis Island. Revis Island goes into the Hall of Fame because you don't. Even, people don't even think of his like actual name. Yeah, sure, it's Darrell Revis. But we remember him as the cornerback, Revis Island. And like he, the guy made a name for himself in the NFL. And that, that's what it's all about. So that's my five. I've got Darrell Revis, DeMarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith Sr., Dwight Freeney. So my only problem with Darrell Revis, as your pick there, is that I feel like he did it in a very short window. Um, I think that he was absolutely as elite as they come for about three to four solid years. Um, but I, I, I think he just deteriorated very, very quickly once those thirties came along. And I, I think that's what's, that's, what's kind of holding me back from putting him in right away. And that nickname should stick. I mean, just like Richard Sherman and what he did in his prime was amazing as well. Um, and we've seen him now towards the back end. Not everyone can play till they're 38 years old, like Deion Sanders. Um, I, I think that that's my biggest problem with Revis is just that it was a short window to get it done where he was that elite. And then after that, it felt like he was very beatable, similar to what's happened to Sherman or what happened to Sherman at the back end of his career. Well, I, I could very easily say that Barry Sanders has a very short window too, but, but he's he also was, considered the goat. He he's the elite. best running back of all but time. Barry Sanders averaged five yards to carry consistently every year. And he did, he, he did, he took 10 years. He still would have had, he still would have had right. a very similar decline to Darrell Revis had he stayed in the league. I mean, you would have seen it eventually. But all running backs, once they hit past 30, you have a decline. I mean, that's, that's, that's just how it is. And I don't know. I, I, th- I just think with Revis, to me, I think that there's other guys like my 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 guy that I'll just go ahead and throw out here right now 
to replace Darrell Rebus is Rondé Barber. And the reason oh, I picked Rondé yeah. Barber is because of longevity. And I don't have a problem with that. And playmaking ability on the field in multiple faucets of the, of playing defense. Because he played nickel, he played corner, he played safety. He played everywhere on the field. And he was also a fumble machine. He was out there forcing fumbles. I mean, he was just a playmaker at all times. And he was kind of your X factor of the defense there for the Buccaneers, especially, you know, during that Super Bowl 2000 run um, that they had going 2002 run uh, where they beat the Raiders, of course. He was a big part of that whole, whole organization for a while of, you know, he was basically if we took Legereus Sneed and put him on quote unquote steroids as a player, that's what we would want Legereus Sneed to be is Rondé Barber. I think that's what he provided to the team was just that X factor of you relied on him to make the play in some kind of way, whether it's in the backfield, making a tackle, forcing a fumble, interception, returning something for a touchdown. I just feel like he was more of a playmaker on a down-to-down basis than what Revis was. So that's my one trade-off, I guess, with you on that part. And it also makes a difference if you have a Super Bowl championship ring versus a guy like Revis Island who played for the damn Jets. And a lot of people don't give a shit about the Jets. Right, play for the Jets, and his his end of his career reminded me a little bit of Ty Law, and if you guys remember, Ty Law played for the Chiefs. Oof, for that a was year. brutal. That was brutal. Yeah, it was it was ugly, right? Ugh. It was it was a, it was not a good time, right? Yeah, it was a little rough. So I mean, it was just kind of reminded me a little bit of that end of career type of situation where it was really falling off quick, and it was time to get out. And I think Sherman saw that in a similar way this past year or two before he retired from the field. Uh, but I guess I'll I'll agree with you on one of them, uh, D Ware. Absolutely should be in. Beware of Dware. Uh, one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. Um, and he, he truly is just incredible at what he did as a craft. And it's it's hard to debate going against DeMarcus Ware. I think that looking at more of the list, though, it, it comes to where it's debatable between guys like Dwight Freeney and Jared Allen. I think those guys are very debatable to look at each other. Um, you could say Dwight Freeney made more of an impact in postseason play, and that's true. Uh, same with Robert Mathis. Even Robert Mathis actually uh, w- was the forced fumble king. I mean, he was, which was, which was crazy because he was a strip sack artist. Yet Freeney got all of the accolades and hype. It seemed like yet Mathis was the one actually putting up even better numbers than Freeney in a lot of ways on the field. So I respect both of those players so so much. So I, I hope both of them make it in very soon, but not this year because this year I'm still going to go Jared Allen because Jared Allen also had 32 forced fumbles over his career, 136 total sacks, and obviously made an impact here in Kansas City. Then for Minnesota, put up 22 sacks in a single season. Yeah, it's pretty um, unbelievable. I think, I think Jared Allen just had a huge impact on the game and was consistent. You knew what you were going to get out of Jared Allen every single season. Uh, he wasn't one of those guys where – you know, you have a fluster of a year where you only get, you know, three sacks, like, you know, like our guy Frank Clark does here or less, I guess. Um, you know, he was a guy you, you could rely on to get at least somewhere between 12 to 18 sacks per year. And then sometimes you might get 22, sometimes you might get 20. So that was Jared Allen to me. Um, another one here that's pretty debatable, you guys, I would say is Patrick Willis, is one of my guys. Uh, that I would take can't go wrong with that because I I think Patrick Willis is one of the most incredible linebackers we've seen in our time. And I know it's recency bias in a lot of ways, but I remember this guy when he played for Miami hurricanes had two casts on both. He had a cast on both hands. Correct. And played in games anyways. 
He had two, I think it was broken hands, broken wrist, whatever it was. Just put a full on, it looked like boxing gloves. Almost. Well, it was what, him and uh, Takeo Spikes? Uh, Navarro Bowman. No, it was, or, I thought Spikes and, was it Spikes and Willis that had the two uh, clubs? Playing well, for the 49ers? They probably both did at one point. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, pretty sure Taki- I saw there was well, a Twitter post on Takiyo was there first, and then there was Willis, yeah, yeah. and then Bowman came right after Willis, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere so, in that so range. T- there was a picture on Twitter I found uh, they after it was all posted and stuff of Takiyo and uh, Patrick Willis literally with the same hand that had a mm-hmm. club on it playing linebacker for the 49ers. Yeah, and that was the thing. And, I, and honestly, in a lot of ways, I feel like you could use that as a weapon on the field. But I just think Willis was the elite, the perfect prototype linebacker you could ever expect to see in this league aside from Ray Lewis. Um, I think he was the closest thing you're going to get to Ray Lewis in the modern NFL. Um, the, the one guy that I would look at this list and say, hmm, could you put him in over this? It's probably London Fletcher, who mm-hmm. you see here on the thumbnail, just because of the longevity and playing at an elite level till he was, what, 39, 38? I mean, London Fletcher played forever, it Le- seemed like, and good. Legit. He played... So he, he played 256 games in his career. Or no, sorry, that's yeah, London Fletcher. 256 games in his career and started 240. Mm-hmm. Like he I, it, I don't see I don't it was a machine. It was every year you knew what you're gonna get. Like outside of incredible. his his rookie year, he missed he only played one he started one game but played sixteen and he never missed a game. I don't have him missing right. a game. I have him missing yeah. starts, but not a game. Yeah, no, he, he was a warrior. From 98 to 2013. Yeah, absolute warrior. Unbelievable. The yeah, the, the longevity is a factor that I do come into play when it comes to making Hall of Fame choices. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do appreciate London Fletcher, and I, I want to put him in right away. I just I think i got to make him wait one more year because I, I truly believe Patrick Willis was a better player and made more of a down-to-down impact on the field at his position than what Fletcher did yeah. personally. Um, I, I I say, let's put it this way. If we're relating this to Chiefs terms, I'm going to say Nick Bolton is London Fletcher, whereas the, the Derek Johnson is Patrick Willis. And, Damn. you know, still, there's still time for Bolton to mature and become better, become that, you know, Derek Johnson, Patrick Willis. But right now I'm going to go, you know, 1A, 1B type of deal, I guess, on this situation. Um, my last pick for this one is Reggie Wayne. So JG and I agreed on the receiver because – there are about four receivers in this potential Hall of Fame class that all have extremely similar numbers, and it's all very debatable. And I, I love the Steve Smith pick, too, because, I oh, mean, he really, truly did do the most with the least Yep. out of the entire group of, of Torrey Holt, um, Andre Johnson, which is also a guy who also didn't have a lot to work with for most of his career. Nope. So let's take that into account. But then again, when you are the only weapon on an offense, you're going to get force-fed the ball. So let's also keep that in mind. But those guys made absolute impacts. I like Reggie Wayne personally because I felt like he was one of the most reliable targets Peyton Manning had to work with throughout his whole career. And then when Andrew Luck came in to play after Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne picked it right up, continued on, like like never skipping a beat. And I, I think that Reggie Wayne just had one of those clean careers looking back um, to where I just really truly like watching him play. Um, and it's, I don't know. I just something about the way he played that was very smooth and consistent, and you knew what you're going to get. And I think that's what I liked the most about him. But it's this this part is debatable without a doubt. So. We also had Marvin Harrison on the other yeah. side there for a long time. So I mean, that right. took a little bit of the heat off of him. Of course, and that was about for half of his career with Marvin was there. 
and Marvin was incredible in his own right, of course, too. So, um, yeah, this this is a tough one, but you know, between these receivers, oh, it's uh, such a tough and I don't, and I'm not going to bring up Heinz Ward. No, personally, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but Heinz Ward is not not of this a year. Hall of Fame receiver based on what we see in modern era because there's a lot of great receivers right now. Next year, year after that, year after that, that are better than Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward's going to be pushed down the barrel. If you're not going to put Otis Taylor in the Hall of Fame, then Heinz Ward doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame either. So to me, Heinz Ward is definitely the odd man out on this list of receivers. You see For sure. On I agree. So, I agree with that. Tanner, what's your list? All right. So here's what I got. <clears throat> I actually do have London Fletcher in just for the uh, longevity of his career and the fact that he was just such a he was such a force to be on the field, too, at all times. Uh, Demarcus Ware. I agree with that one. I like three Demarcus three on where. Um, so I was thinking about it too. I was like, I just can't put all these linebackers I want in there because I would love a Zach Thomas in there. I love to throw uh, uh, who I want, Jared Allen, London, what Dwight Freeney, James Harrison. Like, uh, there's a whole bunch of linebackers in here and defensive ends. I would love to throw in there, but you're not going to put. They're not going to put in five defensive end linebackers out of this class, right? So I had to think a little bit outside here. So I went Andre Johnson. I went Andre Johnson because I think he's closest to on this list uh, over Reggie Wayne, closest to a um, elite wide receiver, a closest to a Terrell Owens or Randy Moss style kind of player that you get. Because like you pointed out, Marvin Harrison was on the other side of uh, of uh, Reggie Wayne uh, in that place. Steve Smith. Um, didn't have much to go with, but I didn't think he was. He had Musin a... Muhammad on the other side. Musin. He had the Musin. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I just felt like him sticking out in Houston by himself for that long from, uh, was it 03 to 14? Probably was enough to give him to him, but like he, he, he just put out standing numbers. I think he's the closest guy, uh, one of the closest guys. I think you got to that feel the worst for Andre us. because of that situation, though. God. I mean, it's, well, Steve well Smith, that's like that's like feeling bad for DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon Cooks, right? Like that's well, not that's not the case. You got to take had that uh, Deshaun Watson, who was top three all time in QB rating before that. So it was Tom but, Savage. <laughs> oh well, okay, but Andre Johnson literally had crap his whole career. Correct. Derek, before, or David Carr and, and just random other turds that went yeah. through that organization. So like for the numbers he put up and everything, and the way he played, he was one of those guys year week in week out who was a Randy Moss, Terrell Owens kind of style player going into play who would make that big catch, who would be open when he's not open kind of guy. So I like Andre Johnson as a top five Hall of Famer. So obviously the concern then is just that you're looking at regular season numbers purely, nothing about what he did in yeah, playoffs. I guess, I guess I'm not really looking at playoffs. Is that not a I, factor I feel, in your mind? And that's not an as in, much. That's an interesting not discussion because I feel like there's there's three factors that we're looking at here. We're looking at longevity. We're looking at what what do they do in the postseason? How many rings do they have? Nope, not, not rings. And then we're looking at what, is their, what is their ceiling. And I feel like me personally, I value their ceiling and what they do in the postseason more than I value longevity. But, and like you know, that's but that's that an interesting be, that argument that we could have about a, all these guys. A, a rough team, he gets in once, and they lose in the first round. It's, it can't be all falling on one player in football. But in Football's terms of like that, I'm just saying in terms of longevity. Yeah, you've longevity. got more. You've got more cracks at the apple. Well, to get unless a you're Andre Johnson, to, to do more in the Houston. postseason. Unless you so play I just, Houston. I feel like out of the three, I put the least amount of value on longevity than I do. Oh, I, what is their ceiling? 
and what did they do in the postseason? That's just me personally, but yeah, like it's just the I, three of us, as well as I would say the voters, the Hall of Fame voters have different opinions on that. I mean, it, sure, a small percentage I'll go to the postseason, but it's not the end of be all for me because it's not just because Andre Johnson played on the Houston Texans doesn't mean Andre Johnson himself is going to take the that squad too. Well, he also had he had injury issues too like he did he towards the middle and end of his career. issues staying on the field towards the last five years so and then we like, like that's not his yeah. fault but it's just like it's something that happens yeah. like you, you get injured a lot like you're that's going to downgrade your stock to a certain big time. extent big time so but I, I like i said the postseason isn't my highest concern in the play for this um patrick willis is another one i decided to put a third one in so you got both fletcher and willis i got fletcher willis and where on my on my wow. linebackers. That's a lot right there. Johnson. Yeah. And then it came down for me was the safety position, free safety, safety position between Darren Woodson and Ronnie Harrison. And this yeah. is where I did take account of the Super Bowl, in fact, with Ronnie Harrison. So Ronnie Harrison over Darren Woodson for that final gotta have spot. rings. Gotta have some fucking rings this, around. That, here. that yeah, one man. ended up because <laughs> They're so similar. They're so similar, though. In their like, they're all pros. They're not offensive TDs in seasons. They they finish so close to the same numbers that the the playoffs essentially had to come down to that. To me, Rodney can stay out for now just because he was a dirty ass. So oh, a dirty you, player. You can wow, ask I Trent like Green that. about that. So Are you talking I like about that? Yeah, let's kick his, game? keep his ass out. I don't want to no, see I'm his just ass in there. Just rot. That was San Diego. But you just yeah. In general, I I would much rather have a Rondé. That's Barber. a lot of bias in the play. If you're talking we don't, about we don't a dirty like player, we don't like dirty players unless they win multiple well, rings. I, that's that's a rule. That's my. Personal I like Darren Woodson better as a safety than I do Rodney Harrison. I think Harrison was was more maybe well known because of certain impacts he made on certain games. And keep in mind, he did allow the catch to David Tyree. In the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, so, he did. Uh, speaking of Super Bowls, I mean, you costed your team a Super Bowl by your piss poor coverage that was on that piss one. Poor. Piss so, poor. to David Tyree of all people. So, I just yeah. want to throw that out there and put a dagger in that idea, Tanner. No, so, I, I like Harrison still over Woodson. So. I'll, I'll disagree on that one a little bit. See, I'll but. play the bias into play because Darren Woodson played for Dallas, so that's why I put Harrison over that. All right, but so <laughs> so looking at a couple of different guys real quick before we move on. <laughs> I, I want to. So I think we all agree. Anquan Bolden was awesome. I think yes. he was an amazing career. Had the best rookie season of all time at the time that he did it. Um, obviously, some guys have passed him since then. But Bolden was badass. He was. He was just a badass Extreme. physical receiver. Um, I loved watching his career unfold, even towards the back end when he spent a little bit of time uh, was it with the Ravens, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that whole career with with Fitz together was just beautiful uh, for the longest time. Um, so I want to pinpoint him. I also want to do a shout out to Devin Hester, best returner of all time. Um, oh, here's one. Would you put, would you rather put Tory Holt in or Heinz Ward? Tory Holt over Heinz Ward for okay. sure for me. Heinz Ward's at the bottom of my list on the receivers here because, uh, yeah, you got, you got him. I think Jahari Evans is going to have to wait a while if he's ever going to make it in. It's going to be so, a while yeah. for him. Uh, so Joe Thomas is an interesting one because, he gets a lot of notoriety as being like the best left tackle of all time. Well, that's fine, I guess, but that team never did a goddamn thing when he played for 10 years. But it wasn't his fault. 
it didn't. I, do anything. I don't care. Yeah, left tackle does not care. take you to the I promised land. I understand that, Tanner. I don't. You care. gotta understand I this. I don't. I trust me. I, understand I know you this. don't. I just don't care. His impact on the game clearly meant not enough to get them to do anything for ten years. Well, so to me, it's, it's irrelevant. To me, it's irrelevant. To me, his impact on the game was lesser than eighty percent of the guys that we see on this list. Because they so, through how many quarterbacks while he was there? Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> they, I don't care. Like the the Joe Thomas thing to me is silly. And I understand he was a good left tackle. He was solid. He played what nonstop till his final year. Yeah, it was similar to London Fletcher. Never heard of him. Okay, but he was Thomas, the London Fletcher no, of left tackles. London, no, he was not. Never heard Almost. of him. London Fletcher Almost. played till he was like thirty eight years old. Almost. Joe Thomas retired early. Joe Thomas, dude, never heard of him. Joe Thomas. <laughs> no. No, Joe, Joe Thomas retired at his early 30s. <laughs> Not a comparable thing. Hey, I, we got to go to Heinz. We got to go back to Heinz Ward just for a second because I'm going to give you the million dollar question right now, Mike. And I'm, you know, I'm doing this for a reason. You've got to put one guy in the Hall of Fame. Is it going to be Heinz Ward or the other Steelers receiver, Antonio Brown? Uh, and I am putting a gun to your head to make that decision. <laughs> Who are you going to put in first? Uh, Martavius Bryant. Will be my pick for. Oh no! Good gosh! No, uh, I'd rather put in Cordell uh, Cord, Cord, Stewart. Than I would. I almost he said, almost said Cordero. Well, Patterson. I was thinking about Cordell Patterson and Devin Hester, but I'd rather put in Cordell Stewart than uh, those yeah. two pieces yeah. of crap. I mean, but. yeah. So, are your you're one of your favorite running backs ever, right there, Fred Taylor? Unfortunately, yeah, I don't think he'll. Fred. He's, Fred. he's right there with Fred. Priest for me, as far yeah. as um, great great players, but the injury. He's got one of those bad nicknames. It's the opposite of Revis Island. Revis Island had a great nickname. Fragile Fred had a bad nickname. That's why he's never getting into the Hall of Fame. You guys understand how much I care about yards per carry as a stat. And uh, Fred Taylor was like 4.8 for for his whole career. 4.8 for his whole career. Yeah. Which is a great number to be at. Put in Jamal character. Charles. Put Jamal Charles in there. Sure. Jamal is like 5.5 or something like that, which is obscene. But... um. Yeah, so anyways, I, I think that Fred Taylor doesn't deserve necessarily to be in. I think we can look back at him forever and say he was a really good player that just got some bad case of injuries here and there. Similar to Priest Holmes. We all know how we feel about him. Yep. Priest Holmes probably doesn't ever deserve to be in. Then again, Terrell Davis had a three-year window, and he's in. Yeah, and keep, keep in mind, there are a lot of great, great, not good players. There are a lot of great, great players that will never make it to the Hall of Fame. Correct. Sure. So, you know. So Zach Thomas, I think this is his last year. I think at the moment, he has to wait what ten years or something like Which that. Which is to be able it's to get wild in. though, because for Zach Thomas, the situation whenever he retired, he was looked at as like the best linebacker ever. Yeah, because it was actually while Ray Lewis was still playing, and before Ray Lewis had Erlacher, Thomas, Lewis were playing. All those linebackers at the time who really took on everything and really blew the whole thing up. It seemed like for a minute. But, like, that time period that he played in the 90s and all that, Zach Thomas was, like, the London Fletcher of his era. Correct. As far as playing longevity-wise and just a machine out there on the field. And we're looking at him now as being passed by, passed by, passed by, because the talent level has improved so much. We've seen better guys come along and take over that spot. Whereas if the NFL had died yesterday, he'd probably get in. But... You know, it still might take a little while. Yeah, so he's he might be looking on the he's outside. He's going to get buried. The yeah. he's going to get buried. He's going to be one of those guys that's like 40 years from now, be able to get in finally. Right. Uh, speaking of Reigns, uh, Vince Wilford. No. no. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm not interested in that. That's a, it, that's, that's a Super Bowl it's, champ. No. It's fine. I mean, he's not getting in versus the other players. I mean, because if for no other reason, like, everybody loves to hate the Patriots. So, oh, yeah. like, if you don't need any other reasons to not let Will Fork in, that's the reason why he's not going to get in right now is because everybody hates, they love to hate the Patriots, unfortunately. The reason to so. me is that there's better players out there. Who, who's that's what. who's better? Fred Taylor, Ricky Waters. Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor over yes. Ricky? Yes. It's not even close. Oh, okay. Not even close. Fred okay. Taylor's been in Ricky Waters. Interesting. Yeah. So, so there's the final list, guys. As you can see, if you are watching on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, or Twitter, here's your final look at the list of the semi-finalists uh, for the Hall of Fame. Um, go down the way. Tell us in the comments, too, uh, who do Pick you think five. should be in? I want to know your top five. Give us your top five. Put in the comments here, guys. So uh, it's, it's such a great conversation. So many great players. So much history we grew up on with a lot of these guys. Uh, so make sure you guys let us know what you think. So And we didn't have to have a big argument because we all agreed on D-Ware. Yeah. So that was actually my guy. If you was that your guy? On if D-Ware, we I was going to have a big problem. So anyways, <laughs> I'm glad we all got that figured out. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for checking that part out with us. But back into the Thanksgiving thing, swing of things here because we have a topic right now. You guys can play along if you'd like. I'd also like to know in the comments if you guys can match up these three quarterbacks mm. with a Thanksgiving dish. And I started thinking earlier, I'm like, all right, so everyone's playing these games right now with, with Thanksgiving ideas on, you know, if, if, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're, you're macaroni and cheese because that's the perfect dish, side dish, whatever. The, you know, I just hear this stuff on 610 or whatever, right? So I picked out three quarterbacks that I want to talk about. First one, Tua Tungliavoa. Tungliavoa. Say it for me, Jason. Tua Tungliavoa. I like the way he Thank says you. it the most followed by Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert. Those are our three quarterbacks to work with. And now we need to match up those names with your mm. Thanksgiving dish of choice for each one of these players and tell me why you think that player deserves to be that dish. Tua, Rodgers, Herbert. So let's start off with Tua, guys. Yeah. Tua. Tonga Vailoa. Tonga Vailoa. All right. He's our first guy of choice. So which <laughs> Thanksgiving dish would he be right off the bat? What do you got for me? Well, first off, I want to make sure that nobody uses turkey for this debate right that's, now that's because we sad. all know that Patrick Mahomes is the turkey and you build everything around that. I want to right, make right, that right. crystal clear before we get started. So for Tua, um, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about Tua is accuracy. And, you know, like my favorite side dish for Thanksgiving is stuffing. And I want my stuffing to be on point because it's my favorite, right? You can't fuck it up. It's got to be accurate. I don't care. I don't give a shit who cooks it. It better be right. And so Tua is like one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. And so I'm going to compare Tua to the stuffing because I know what to expect. I I don't have a lot of questions about the accurate accuracy of his play. So for Tua, my comparison is the stuffing. Uh, Tanner, what do you get? Mashed potatoes. <laughs> Why is he mashed potatoes? So Tua's mashed potatoes because he needs those extra toppings on those mashed potatoes to make it delicious. You're you, saying you're gonna mix your you food. You gotta <laughs> hold on. No, no, mashed you're, potatoes. You gotta oh, add you, gotta, you have to add gravy. Right. You gotta add your butter, okay. right? Which is your Tyreek Hill. Oh, shit. You gotta add <laughs> you gotta add <laughs> 
right? You can you can mix in uh, maybe if you want since it's uh, Thanksgiving, you can put a little cheese on top of it, which is your Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. And then on top of that, maybe you just want to get crazy and you put on some gravy, which is your Mike McDaniel's going to play. Two is the guy. What needs. about Jasicki? What's Jasicki? Is he the cranberry sauce? He's Probably the, qu- the pepper. Ah, he, he, pe- you know, put a little sprinkle of pepper. He's that on extra there. cheesy corn on the side that you swish in with your mashed potatoes in the end. So, two is one of those guys that I think he needs his toppings going to play to be an effective quarterback as he is to be this elite guy that we're seeing right now. I think if you had a similar situation that Patrick Mahomes has currently, I don't think it's that way, guys. I don't think he. We see this team at what is it, seven and three, eight and three, whatever it is. I don't think we see that record right now going into play without a Tyreek Hill, a Jalen Waddle, and a Mike McDaniels who plays who coaches to his strengths. So I'm gonna go Tua as my mashed potatoes. I like that pick. That's actually better. I, that's actually one of the most brilliant things Tanner's ever said. I think on this whole show. <laughs> I loved it. I so, loved it, man. Hey, you get full good. credit for that, Tanner. Full uh, credit for that. Yeah, because because mine for Tua. I actually picked the cheesy cream corn. And so you said you wanted to add that to your mashed potatoes. I would potatoes. just, yeah, that's just sucky. So for, for me, the, the thing with the cream corn situation is everyone's going to have a little bit of it. Everyone's going to enjoy some of it. It's not your favorite thing on the dish, on your plate, but it's also going to get the job done. You're going to, you might go back for seconds even. You know, it's fun to have in your mouth for a little while. But at some point, you know, you need the real, you need the big ones down the road, which we're not talking about that. You know, we're not talking about your your turkey down the road over here. The real stuff, the ham and the turkey, that's safe for your Josh Allen's and Patrick Mahomes. You know, but to it to me is the, is the the cheesy cream corn, just because I, I think that it's something everyone right now is liking. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's it can work. It's also versatile. I think at the moment, so um, I think it can work by itself. But it does better when it is mixed in with other things, as you were pointing out. So yep. I get where you're we're coming from on that. Um, I think the Aaron Rodgers one's gonna be fun. So, <laughs> what do you got for Aaron Rodgers, Jason? Ooh, this is gonna be good, guys. So, for Aaron Rodgers, I am going to compare him to cheesy potatoes. So, you guys know I love I love cheese, and cheesy potatoes is one of those sides where you you just you, you can't fuck it up. You you know what to expect year in and year out. Every fucking Thanksgiving is gonna be there. It's gonna be on point. And I compare that to Aaron Rodgers because the guy has a great year every fucking year. And it takes a lot to try to fuck him up. Well, that's exactly what's happening this year is he's got some shit ball receivers, a bunch of rookies out there that at least from the beginning of the year, didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And Aaron Rodgers is getting pissed. So he's got, in my opinion, very little to work with, at least up until this point in the season. And so this is that once every 10 years scenario where you had a bad, you know, you had a bad cook that comes in and they bring in a shit ball, cheesy potatoes. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. It's kind of a one-off. We know who we know who he is. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but it's just a one-off year where he didn't have a whole lot to work with. And, um, you know, I, I could even question the coach. Matt LaFleur at this point. Um, but you know, it's, it's mainly just the receivers that he's got to work with. Um, just, just a bad supporting cast for Aaron Rodgers this year. Very nice. Are you ready for this one? Uh, what do you got Tanner? <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers. It's the Hawaiian rolls of the sides. 
Okay. He's a, it's a nice little, you know, little sandwich kind of bread. So wine rolls, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Right. But he needs a little butter, right? He needs a little butter, which means he needs a little help in the wide receiver rings. He needs a little help in the running back rings. Right. And sometimes that's not enough going into play. So you're saying you don't want it by itself. So you don't necessarily want it by itself. Like it, it's good, but it's not the best going into play by itself. Right. So you had a little butter. Hey, that's all right. That seems pretty good, but it needs more. Right. There's always something that it needs more. And then we start hitting maybe the playoff string of Aaron Rodgers going to play. So now you're taking a little bread that has a little butter in it. Maybe, you know, from last year, Devontae Adams as his butter. Uh, couldn't quite. So now we got the San Francisco 49ers coming to play. Guess what? I need to scoop in a little bit of that cheesy corn with my Hawaiian roll. I need to squeeze, scoop up a little, uh, make a sandwich out of my mashed potatoes that's loaded up. I need to put a little turkey with it. I don't know. And it's never enough. It's never enough for this Hawaiian roll going into play. So Aaron Rodgers is my Hawaiian roll for the side because it never seems, no matter what he has, it's never enough except what, 09. And the, I, to your point, I would say the Hawaiian rolls are kind of the diva of Correct. Thanksgiving, right? Because it's it's always That's good. The diva. It's good, so, but it it can be better. It may, it, it makes be the whole thing. But Aaron Rodgers is the diva of this whole discussion because he just you know it, yeah he he kind of believes that like he's better he's above he's above the whole situation. Correct. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the top top sides out there. You know, great to taste and but sometimes you just need a little more to get things done. Uh, see, I took this one pretty literally, and especially current events. And politically, we all know everyone either loves him or hates him these days, it seems like. Oh, yeah. So to me, he's going to be my green bean casserole dish. And I think that you're either going to have people that are big fans of this green bean casserole. You got your little crunchies on the top. You got your cream mushroom soup on the bottom. And it's baked this the right way. If you're a big fan of that kind of stuff, then you know, you're going to want to dive in for seconds. You know, It's just got some good texture to it. Uh, but there's people out there that also cannot stand green bean casserole and want nothing to do with it. And I think that there, that's what we're walking into right now with current Aaron Rodgers is just a, a, a lifestyle of people who either hate the guy and think he's just a selfish asshole or people who still love the guy because, you know, he's, he's either funny to, to them or just how blunt he is about his beliefs in the world. Uh, some people love him because of that, too. Um, I think the green bean casserole is either you, you're really into it or you're not kind of a dish. And I think that's Aaron Rodgers right now. That's fair. That's my pick for him at the moment. Uh, last but not least, uh, Justin Herbert on our list as the third quarterback to talk about who, what is his Thanksgiving dish? So for Justin Herbert, I went with the green bean casserole. And the reason I did that is because. Green bean casserole never really changes. Like it's always the same and it's always one of the heavy hitters at Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody loves it. You look at a guy like Justin Herbert. He's an amazing talent, elite talent. You look at green bean casserole, very difficult to screw it up. What do you need to screw it up? Well, in Justin Herbert's case, you need a shitty ass football coach like Brandon Staley. Um, And so like that's like he's got a bad coach right now and i just feel like he's got a bad cook so green bean casserole can have a bad cook justin herbert right now has got a bad coach very difficult to screw up that recipe but i feel like brandon staley is doing his best to screw up justin herbert meanwhile you gotta sprinkle in 
on your green bean casserole, sprinkle in a little bit of those French fried onions. Mm -hmm. So with the charges, we got to sprinkle in a, a few, actually many, many injuries, which is what they get every single year. Like the chargers always get injured. So yeah, I'll go with green bean casserole because it's an elite talent like Justin Herbert, but uh, this year it's just not panning out. No pun intended. It's a good one. I, I was going to pick green bean casserole, but it, it's just it's too delicious to pick green bean casserole for Justin Herbert going to play. Uh, yeah, let's get a little uh, let's get a little digestive with this one going to play. How about some cheesy corn for Justin Herbert coming to play? Why? Because the Chargers are always a mess, and Justin Herbert is probably one of the best dishes, underrated dishes out there going to play uh, with the cheesy corn. Um, look, you start out, right? Yeah, your cheesy corn, it's messy. You know, it's a little liquidy a little bit because, you know, just the way it is. Put it in your plate, it's a little big mess coming into play, just like the injuries, just like all the right receivers, and the record comes into play. Now it's time to digest it, and you see it for days going to play right every time you go take a number two it's there and all you see is those little corn nuggets because that's what comes into play that's the chargers team right there for you that's their injuries play they they lose guys they get guys back herbert's still there so uh i don't know i it's it's amazing to me how i don't know it's amazing to me how chargers charger all the time but Chargers are my cheesy corn. Their their best case scenario is they, move they back. stick around, dude. They need to move back to San Diego. That's, that's the that only might, answer. Yeah. It's like that is the only right answer. Now. At least have a damn fan base for crying out loud. Well, the Rams, have a damn the Rams fan don't base. even have a fan base. Well, they don't care. They just won the damn Super Bowl. They don't need a fan base. Well, their fan base is actors and actresses. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> no. not real people. So, but yeah, cheesy corn, I think, is the best way just because it's such a mess. You guys might not like my pick for this, but it's mainly because of how highly I think of Justin Herbert. And my pick for this is he is stuffing. And I know how much JG likes stuffing. Oh, yeah. And I know you all, buy we, all into that. we all like stuffing here, right? Yeah, I can yeah. buy that. When I'll we look at that. Justin Herbert play football, we all like what we see, right? For the most part. Yeah. I mean, we have, there's moments. Or it's letting us down here and there. Maybe you didn't let it bake quite long enough. Then you're going to have problems where you slip up. And I could see him making those those issues. I mean, he's pulling some Philip Rivers ish uh, situations at the end of games here and there. I mean, there's a reason why this team cannot get over the hump and become an 11, 12 win team. It seems like. Um, and truth be told, he's really good at what he does. He's a great quarterback, and we we all look at him and go, he looks like he should be a top seven, top six, top six, same as stuffing. You're not going to be the turkey and the ham, as I mentioned earlier. But, I mean, you're still going to be a staple of the NFL, staple of Thanksgiving, something that's going to be around for a long time. You ain't going anywhere. Um, but we need to figure out something to get you to stand out, propel yourself to becoming a better side piece on our platter. Right Sean now. Payton. Uh, that, that would probably help quite a bit, you know, adding the Sean Payton in there. That's going to happen. But I think that when you look at Justin Herbert himself, I think we can like him just as much as we like stuffing. It's it's great to have, but you need something more with it. You know what I mean? Like it's, I can't just sit there and eat a bowl of stuffing. You know, I feel like crap after that. I need something else to go with that stuffing. Whereas if I had my turkey, you know, I'm happy with just that turkey. So that's how I feel about it. Who's, who's your guess's pumpkin pie quarterbacks? Who's your pumpkin, pu who's pie? Your pumpkin pie? Well, I can't stand pumpkin pie, so give me from some fucking Zach Wilson. <laughs> okay, who do you got? Uh, probably, you know what? It's, it's Joe Burrow. 
because ah, I, I feel like with one. the way he plays, it's very seasonal. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's because it's 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 a little bit inconsistent, but when it shows up and it's done the right way, it's really good. <laughs> and so that's how I feel about it. So I think Joe Burrow's gotta be my pumpkin pie because when he's when he's on fire and you do it the right way and you bake it just right, it's hard to beat that stuff. But when you go to Walmart and get some random crap from the, the back that's been sitting there for two extra days longer than it should be, that's when you get Joe Burrow who takes five sacks and throws two interceptions. Hey, man. The Walmart has good pies, dude. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you, got a, you got a pie from the casino today. I don't want to hear about it. Now, so my pumpkin pie is Kirk Cousins. Because you got to slaughter, 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 smother stuff onto it. He needs cream. a shell of You got to whip cream that sucker. He needs a little bit of Justin Jefferson on his Justin ass. Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. Uh, now, uh, uh, what's his name for the tight end? I like that. On my team. Hawkinson Tyler dropped, Hawk- he dropped Hawkinson. a touchdown, by the way, last week. Yeah, he cost me some points. I love he that. He, he needs a lot of damn Kirk Cousins, cream, one of those guys that you just got to smother stuff cream. on to make him look good. So I love pumpkin pie, the way. But, yeah, I would say Kirk Cousins is my, uh, my pumpkin See, pie. See, I, I judge pumpkin pie the same way I judge cheese, cheesecake. It's got to be really good as it is. I don't want to have to add strawberries or add cream. Uh, you got to add the whipped cream, no, dude. No. I want to have cool it plain. Whip. I want to have it plain. That's cool how I judge it. it. I don't want to add a bunch of crap best. to it. I got to have it as it <laughs> is, best. and that's how I judge all my pies. Something's wrong with so, you, dude. I don't want to add all this fancy frou-frou stuff. It's just it. whipped cream. Cool. I don't need it on my pie. All that's right. That's great. I save that for other things. So. <laughs> Moving right along, you guys. So we have, what, what do we got? Well, you guys got NBA to talk about, right? We do have a lot of NBA to talk Ooh, about. Sure. <laughs> it's going to be a two-hour right. show. I'm I'm going to do you guys a favor right now, and we're not going to say a single word about the Nets and the Lakers on the show. More to come on that next week. But, Tanner, right now what I want to talk about is the, the top four seeds in each conference. Mm-hmm. And I want to know who you think is like legit and who you think it just has no shot this year. So when we look at the top four teams in each conference, we got in the East, we got Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, Pacers. And then in the West, we have I Suns. Got, I got Hawks over Pacers. Suns in the West, we have Suns, Jazz, Kings, and Clippers. So Wait, of those what? of those top four teams, I'm looking at the standings right now. I got I got Suns, Jazz, Pelicans, Clippers. Suns, Jazz. I got the Pellies at .5 back. It's the same thing. Sacramento Kings. I mean, I'll put Sacramento Kings Kings are in the same boat. Yeah, they're a game back. That's why. So of those top four teams, I want you to pick one team out of those eight that I just named right now. And if you want to throw the Pelicans in, throw them in there. Which one of those nine teams, we'll say it, has absolutely no shot of making it to the NBA Finals this year? No shot to make it to the finals. No shot. And there's probably multiple teams that you can pick from. Well, I just want you to pick one. We're going to the nine teams here in the Eastern. It is definitely Washington that has no shot. They're going to fall apart as they normally do about midway after the All-Star break going into play uh, in the East. They're currently 10 and 8, four games back going into so, play. So, okay. So, Washington is the fifth seed. I want you to give me the top four seed. Oh, they're my six. Uh, I got so you said Pacers instead of Hawks. I've got years? Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, and Pacers as so the Pacers top four. Hawks. Okay, uh, out of those teams, probably the Pacers, just because they aren't going to keep up with uh, 
I don't think they'll keep up with the Cavs, Bucks, or Celtics to be able to get into that, having to go through all three of those teams. Even if it's the Hawks that I have here at four, they're still going to be the frauds in the play because they're not going to get past the Bucks, the Celtics for sure going to play. Cleveland is beatable, but I still think that they are better than both of those teams. Okay. I'm going to surprise you here because I'm going to go out west and out of those nine teams, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw the New Orleans Pelicans into the mix. Out of those nine teams, I will tell you that the one team that has the least chance of making it to the NBA Finals this year, it's going to surprise you because I'm going to go with the L.A. Clippers. Yep. Okay? This That's team, they've, team they, they've got some superstar names. Like, when I read off the names of these guys, like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, John Wall. Keep in mind, you know, we're talking about John Wall. It's not like the John Wall of 10 years ago, right? No, it's not. Um, when we talk about Nick Batum, we're not talking about the Nick Batum of like a decade ago. All right. These are some old guys that may or may not be able to be on the floor. I mean, this is some Anthony Davis shit we're talking about right it's now. It's worse than Anthony Davis. Like, Paul George is probably the healthiest guy yep. that I can depend on out of those four that I just named. Um, Nick Batum's probably going to retire after this year. John Wall probably should have retired after two seasons ago. It's like, and then and then you got a guy like Kawhi Leonard. And this is this is my biggest problem with the Clippers. And you guys know that I'm a lifetime Spurs fan. Never want to say anything bad about Kawhi Leonard except for the fact that he left the Spurs. Um, but it, it, he's an elite talent that just can't get on the floor. And I mean, he's everybody always talks about Anthony Davis. And this is the guy that we bag every single year. Oh my gosh, Anthony Davis. And it, it's only because he plays with the Lakers that right. we say this. The big market. Yeah. So everybody, we talk about, even on this show, we talk about the Lakers every freaking day. Oh my gosh, Anthony Davis sucks. Why can't he get on the floor? Meanwhile, Kawhi Leonard is over there playing probably about the same amount of games or less. Five games. He plays less games probably in the last two to three years than Anthony Davis he does. does. Even less than Kyrie Irving during a sit-out. Yes. He couldn't play during so what deal. So in my opinion, Kawhi, I mean, his career is over, dude. I don't, I don't know what they're saving him for. This is kind of a situation where you kind of you hope and pray. And that's what they're that's exactly what they're doing right now. They're hoping and praying if they just give him eight minutes a game, 12 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, let him play one game every three games. That's not how the NBA works. Michael Jordan, when he played for the Wizards, I think it was one of the seasons he played all 82 games. Mm -hmm. The guy was, you know, Michael Jordan was never washed, but a lot of people would say that. He was a lesser version of himself when he was with the wizard wizards. Uh, the dude fucking played all 82 games with the wizards. Okay. Now all of a sudden we're ta talking about a guy who's still in his twenties, right? Kawhi Leonard's still in his twenties. This fucking guy. I don't even know. He can play 30 games. It's a, like, it's like a brave new world in the NBA where we don't expect guys to play in, in too many games. And, all it does is, is it fucks up your conditioning. And if you're not conditioned to play the game in the regular season, how in the fuck are you going to show up in the postseason? This is not going to happen for Kawhi Leonard. 
it's not going to happen for this fucking team. And of those nine teams that I started off this segment naming, the LA Clippers are done. They are cooked. I'm, I'm quite frankly, I'm shocked that they're a top four seed in the Western Conference right now because they are cooked before this thing even starts. Because of because of one guy, Paul George. That's the only reason why that they're in there. This yeah, early. that's it. Yeah, and then what, what's going to happen with Paul George is he's going to waste all of his gas mm-hmm. just getting him into a top four seed, and then he's going to let alone top he, six. And then he's going to get injured, and then what? What do you have left after that? But you got Reggie Jackson. I mean, yeah, Marcus he's a great. Morris. I love Reggie Jackson, but I mean, yeah. it, it, these guys it's, are not going to fucking play. Well, no, and they're not going to be there. Kawhi, you know, he hasn't been right since he left San Antonio, since that whole debacle. No. I mean, yeah, he won the championship, but he still wasn't himself. Toronto, Toronto was the apex <clears throat> of his career. Correct, correct. And now you got and so much done. money tied up into Kawhi that you can't even go out and trade him. You can't go it's, out and spend money. And it's it's really sad because yeah, being it's not even really that I was a Spurs fan, but it just like I rooted, I rooted for him. Mm-hmm. I still root for the guy to this day. I love him as a player, but it's just like, what are you it's doing? Like, what like, like, what is wrong with his knees? I don't, I don't understand it. It's like outside of his championship. It's like this is this is a guy now experiences exactly what Derrick Rose went through after that was the second big injury to him. And now he's never, he's never been a you know a true Derrick Rose style since he was young, and it's just, it's worse actually because he's not playing. And there's so much talent. I mean, he's got he's got so much more talent. Oh yeah, than, even even a little bit more talent than Derrick Rose, and it's it's just like he can't stay healthy. And it just it just really makes me sad that for a lot of these guys, it's not just Kawhi Leonard, but a lot of guys that we've seen. Over the years, like the perfect example would be Brandon Roy used to play for the Portland Trailblazers. Correct. Like it, it really makes me sad when these guys can't finish their careers like the way that we that we thought they could. Even so, a T Mac going into play, similar deal with the back. Team, well, even T Mac finish it. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he wasn't himself the last five six years after the injury. Yeah, that that's a good comparison with him and and Kawhi Leonard. But at least T Mac, he never play. He never did load management. No. No, but now the nerds are taking over, so now it's more analytical and stuff. Yeah, and I, I just think at some point the load management can actually make your career worse. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be load managing until you're in your fifteenth season. You know, LeBron James should be a by all means do your damn load management. <laughs> Twenty dude. years in, dude, you you fucking earned it. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard didn't earn that shit. No, but his, it's like get his on the fucking came court. Out. Do you? Uh, I got to ask you a question before we move on, real quick, because I did have this in mind. Um, how surprised are you with the Utah Jazz being at that two seed after giving up all that they did for to the Minnesota or to Cleveland and Minnesota? I mean, I'm I'm really surprised. I don't know that they can sustain it for that long. I mean, I really love what Jordan Clarkson is doing. They just called up uh Ochaya Baji yep, from yep. the G League. I love what these are I love what these guys are doing, especially defensively. I don't think that they can sustain it into a like a, a a deep playoff run, but I love what they're doing in the regular season, and I, I think they're one of those teams where nobody's going to fucking want to play them. I mean, they, and I I could yeah. see them winning. I could see them winning, you know, and moving into the second round. I don't think they'll be, I don't think they'll make it to the Western Conference Finals, 
Um, but like if they met up with a team like the Clippers, they would fucking destroy the Clippers. Oh yeah. Yeah, especially especially him. with the home advantage. They're six and one right now at home. So yeah. And a plus two point nine differential versus a plus a point three for LA. So that just at some point it's is, unbelievable. At some point it's like Danny Ainge wants to get a bunch of draft picks and huh. Is, is he been with the Celtics all over again? Well, dude, it's it's like you're not gonna be getting any good draft picks if you're gonna try to win the Western Conference all of a right. sudden, you know. <laughs> But maybe he doesn't give a shit. Maybe he's got enough picks after that Rudy Gobert. Right. And deal. Donovan deal. So, yeah, that works. Very, very nice. Well, guys, I was going to have something to talk about with the Chiefs tonight, but I'm going to save it. For, save it? For next week. It's okay. gonna be it's gonna be an interesting so thought. You but... you just want to see if they actually do pull out the victory this week while I'm at the I'm... game. Well, I'm a little concerned about it. I mean, it's a Chiefs minus 15 and a half. It's She's favored by 15 and a half, I should say. Yeah. Type of a game. But uh, you, with you being at the game, anything can happen. Things can go wrong, of course, with you being there. Um, do not surprise me. This could be Mahomes' worst game of his career, thanks to Tanner being at the game. So I think it's better if Tanner just gets hammered yeah. and then he doesn't really understand what's going on he in the game. The and then the Chiefs that, will do that their thing. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. We yeah, it doesn't that. work either. We tried that one. Like him being it was there. the Colts game. Uh, Have you tried gummies? Maybe you should do uh, some gummies this gummies. time. You know how we talk about get right games? Well, th- if there's ever going to be a get right game, this is Tanner's opportunity. Yeah, hey, uh, I just want to point out that I just went right to game. the Jayhawk football game last Saturday against Texas. Daniels came back. I warned we him were, what was going to happen. We were on a great streak. I'm 1-0. I was 1-0 in the Rod Chalk world. I am now 1-1 with the huge blowout loss to Texas. Which I told world. you was going to happen anyway. I mean, I'm just saying. I told you you're going to get a Bijan Budfuck. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Bijan Robinson, so the now, best running back so in the now nation. We got the Rams, and you know I'm going to be there, guys, down in you know Arrowhead. Is world. this the part where Aaron Donald gets six sacks in a game? And what? Who's that rookie? What's that rookie they signed? That's starting. What? No, the, uh, the, the rookie is starting. Is it a rookie? Or I don't think guy? he's. I don't think he's a rookie. Just some nobody. Yeah, yeah, no. That's I, a little scary. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not. That's a little scary. All right, well, let's, me he's not a rookie, I'm, I'm scared. I'm not dealing with it. My point was, you guys, I'm going to save my Chiefs topic for next week because I do have something I want to our, relate to something we saw just three years ago. If it's like a three-point game, are you going to talk about it next week? Uh, it should not be a three-point game. I'm saying if it is. Are you going to talk if about it? If it is, that means someone died. All right. So... Let, let's hit on the NFL MVP here. Right, right let's, quick. let's do that. So, uh, I'll give you the odds right quick. Uh, Mahomes right now is minus 175. So you're not, you're not going to make a whole lot of money on Mahomes winning the MVP unless you're going to put your whole fucking savings account on there. But um, I want to know from you guys, from the rest of the field, who has the best chance? Like if you wanted to do sort of kind of a long shot bet, who would you give oh. the best chance of winning the NFL MVP over Patrick Mahomes? So Jalen Hurts right now is plus 600. Tua plus 650. Josh Allen plus 700. Joe Burrow plus 2,500. Who would you give the best chance to out of those four? Out of those four, I'd go Tua. Tua would be my selection out of those four. Yeah, I guess he makes the most sense just coming – Coming from a Dolphins situation where, you know, going into the year, 
first of all, he had a lot of negativity talked about him. And we, I, as you know, was a big Tua backer. Whenever he got all this talent around him and, you know, he had Waddle, Waddle from last year, played pretty well with Waddle. When they added Tyreek, I'm like, here it is. Tua's going to get to stand out. And he has. He's done a good job. Um, I, I hated all the the mocking and the hate and the making fun of Tua thing because I'm like, you guys are just morons. Like, people that were doing that just did not ever pay attention to the way he plays the game. And I saw from day one, back when the Chiefs played him, his rookie year even, and of course I watched him back at Alabama, but in the NFL, Chiefs played him uh, at some point, I think later in the season, his rookie year, and Tua had some incredible accuracy on certain passes that really stood out to me. And it just something about his footwork was was on point that day. And he completed a really fine amount of passes in an efficient manner. And it was it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I can really see something with this guy working. And the more I started to watch of him here in the league, because you know, going from college to the NFL is a big difference. Once you're in the NFL, you can get a better gist of a guy. And people were just out there bashing the guy for no reason, I felt like. Uh, meanwhile, he still had a winning record. Um, but yeah, still bashing him. And so for me, I, I really truly think that two is probably your best bet on this situation um, out of all the players listed, because I think Josh Allen's taken a bit major step back lately um, due to some of the play that's happened the last few games. And I think Jalen Hurts, even though that team is currently only got one loss, I also see him taking a little step back, especially in the passing game. I think you're looking at him as guys done a great job at this point, especially in the run game, you know, punching in for touchdowns on the ground. Um, but passing the ball, I mean, I, I'm starting to now have a few more questions as the year's gone on about how efficient he can be uh, in big-time moments. And so I'm curious to see how that unfolds down the road here. Um, and then my last one, I guess I would, I would say Joe Burrow deserves a little shout-out just as a underdog underdog. For Way underdog. Well, Jamar Chase is coming back. So yeah. once he's back, that's going to help him out quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, we're talking about who's going to win silver in a, in a race that gold has already been handed out to, in my opinion. So so your vote is for Tua. Can you please state his last name, please? Tua Tunga Violola. Ooh, that was close. That was close. Uh, quite, Tanner, quite can you thing. say it right? Shit. Tua Tunga All right. Viola. All right, Tanner. Tunga. Just give me Tongue your damn pick. Just get, okay, just give me your that's damn good. pick. Who do you want? I said Tua. Okay. Oh, so you have Tua as well? Yeah, that's what I said. So that's First who time. you would bet on right now. Wait, wait, wait. Over Mahomes? I want to know who you no. would have bet on if you take Mahomes out of the picture. If Mahomes is gone. Yeah, Mahomes is gone. It's Tua. Yeah, I'll go Tua okay. if Mahomes is it's gone. It's Tua. It's why? Because next in line to me would probably be Hurts or then Allen. My, my favorite bet, yeah. my favorite bet of the whole thing is Joe Burrow, just because that – that's the team to me that could actually flip the switch and turn it around on the back half of the season. And being plus 2,500, I mean, like you're going to make a whole lot more money on that guy, especially with, as you said, Mike Jamar Chase coming back. And so, like, I like those odds the best. Yeah. But um, Joe Mixon's and, uh, was it, he, he had an injury last week. So that's going to hurt the running game even more. Yeah. Him. But yeah. I mean, Good quarterbacks can overcome that. He's going to overcome it. Well, yeah, of course. Some quarterbacks need a running game, though. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins might need one. Joe Burrow. I don't think Joe Burrow needs. Joe Burrow needs uh, he a doesn't game. need a running. He needs game. a running game. Yeah, he probably does. I mean, let's go back to the uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving food. 
I want to know what your favorite sides are because I've got stuffing, as you know, is my number one, and mac and cheese is my number two. Well, as far as as far as like sides, though, I think so. I was listening to Six Ten earlier, and I think it was Carrington Harrison or somebody was talking about how much he hated scalloped potatoes, cheesy scalloped potatoes. (laughs) Really, he hates them. He hates cheesy scalloped potatoes. Dude, that and, guy, he's got some weird taste. In and I remember he, he was saying that. I'm just like, dude, honestly, like, that's one of my favorite dishes is if you if you bake it correctly, like, that stuff's incredible. Baked cheesy scalloped potatoes is one of my favorite side dishes to have at, at Thanksgiving. Um, otherwise, so something my family's done in the past is we actually go a little off kilter from traditional Thanksgiving foods is we'll do some kind of a seafood crab boil. Oh. And what we'll do is we'll put a big old, uh, you know, uh, kind of similar to what you got right here, Tanner. Yeah, the here sheet. On the, on the table. table sheet. A real table sheet like this together. And then literally put crab legs, uh, uh, full, full on corn, um, and this random other stuff out there, all seafood based. And that way, like when everyone's done, we all eat off this big sheet. And then uh, my grandma would just take the, the whole sheet, wrap it all up in one big old ball, you know, giant ball, and then toss it out and that's and then boom you don't have to worry about all the dishware and all that kind of stuff but it would be like kind of a seafood crab boil just kind of going off script from what you traditionally I, see i that's love weird. that idea i love that idea because that's what i've kind of done the last two or three years like my family knows that they have to go off script because i can't stand turkey like Turkey's i hate it so good so they they usually bring like- in they bring in the Joe's barbecue. I think I told oh, you guys okay. this last yeah, year. Yeah. I generally get Joe's barbecue for my Thanksgiving dinner. It's it's freaking amazing, dude. And I'm the yeah, only that's, guy. That's I feel like good, I'm but... I feel like I'm the only guy on planet Earth that gets that on Thanksgiving. See, that's day. weird. I, I'm a big fan of turkey. I eat turkey almost every day. As a matter of fact. Wow. So, and I, I'm not talking about like the normal turkey you see. I like I like ground turkey a lot. So like when you go to the store and you get beef and all this kind of stuff. I get either chicken or turkey. I don't, how get, much, I don't how buy much, beef. How much do you like it? Do you shove it up your ass or you just <laughs> put it in your mouth or what? Well, wherever it fits, you know, wherever it fits right, at the moment. Right. So, okay. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it works for me. But, yeah, I, I like scalloped potatoes. Probably one of my favorite sides. It's, my it would make, it would favorite make side. I don't know. <clears throat> um, I guess mashed potatoes because I can dip stuff in it. <laughs> You know, KFC, I always thought had. <laughs> That's all I got. I Dude, KFC, I always thought I like had them all. Good mashed potatoes, right? You guys yeah. ever eat at KFC? Yeah. They always had great I haven't mashed potatoes. I have KFC potatoes, in dude. probably, God, 10 years. Try their damn years. mashed potatoes for a while. I thought they years. were pretty good. When I was 10 years old, I thought it was amazing. I don't know. I haven't had it forever, dude. Uh, I got a mashed potato bowl over so, there. So we do, right? So you know, the wife's parents, they do, you know, turkey, the whole like even side dishes. Then we go to my parents, and they're smoking ribs tomorrow. It's got a turkey out. I'm sure we'll have mac and cheese out there because the brothers don't eat sides. So, um, Why are your brothers so goddamn weird? I don't know. They can't drink <laughs> beer correctly. They don't like sides. They don't, they don't like food. It's, it's weird. They, <laughs> they don't like lettuce. They don't like anything green majority of the time. Nothing they love green. steak, right? They're steak and potatoes guys, aren't they? Yeah. I don't know if they'll... I think they do potatoes. Yeah. So we're on the ground. It's very questionable. Where are you, where are you guys at? <laughs> I want to know where you guys are at on the damn ocean spray cranberry sauce. Cause I get a lot of mixed opinions on this shit. Ocean 
break cranberry sauce? Yeah, anytime you see cranberry yes. sauce on your damn Thanksgiving table, it's, it's always ocean it. spray out of a can. And I, don't I just, do it. I personally think that there, there's no. It, it's not like it tastes bad. Well, it's like, what do you use it for? I, I don't know what you're supposed to use it for. It's a side. Jake, you it's just a side. It? You put well, you it don't, on the damn. Don't, don't eat it by itself. I think it's supposed to be a topping. Isn't it supposed to be like a jelly thing with it or something? Yeah, you I just, think it's supposed to be like a topping. Though. You just take it out of a can. You throw it on the plate with your damn turkey. Oh, I'll eat my, that. I know you're going to eat it, but my whole point is like, what's the point of it? Because it, it's just one of those things that's there. And I eat it because it's there. It's not because I like it or I dislike it. I just eat it because it's on, you know, it's on the table. Like what? What's the point of it? Is that is that did that come from the pilgrims and you know the people that sailed over on the May, Mayflower or what, where did that come from? Because I don't I don't understand the point of it. Do you guys like uh, it or dislike it or so you just cranberry don't care? sauce? No, I think it's weird for that type of food. It's weird. I like it? cranberry. I, I, I like cranberry weird. itself, but the cranberry sauce mixed with this kind of food doesn't make sense to me. All right. So if it helps any. Uh, where was cranberry sauce invented? It was Massachusetts. Well, of England. course. I told you it came after, over on after, the Mayflower, damn it. I already this told year, you that shit. Uh, marks the 110th birthday for the sauce, which was invented in 1912. Uh, Marcus Urain, a Massachusetts farmer. And then in 930, Mr. Urain would establish the Ocean Spray Cooperative with two other You're reading us a book, farmers. Tanner? What's going on over there? So it is... Ocean Spray Cooperative. Well, that explains everything. Okay, we're signing off here. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that all off our chest. This was a very packed show today, and I don't even want to know how long it is right now. Actually, but we're under an hour and a half, guys. Uh, well, I, that's good. Talk about have... LeBron James. Do you want to talk no, about LeBron? We're not doing this. No, don't we're let not him. Doing this. We we're not going to talk about the GM. I don't Stay tuned for next week, guys. Yeah, let's let's save some crap for next week. Next week. Hope everyone has a good about... Thanksgiving. Let's all get silly. I uh, hope you all get as as silly as uh, we oh, did wait, a little bit. I didn't today. ask you guys. God, what now? Who do you have, Michigan or Ohio State? Nobody cares. <laughs> we talk pro professional sports. Okay, talk about the GM and your NCAA okay. bullshit next. Be, week. I'll be well. I'll be watching all the games Saturday. Talk about World Sunday, Cup Thursday, Friday. Talk about the damn World I'll Cup. Be, I'll be watching the games. I don't know shit. I'm watching well. all the games. It's soccer, dude. I when it comes to college football, I care about K State beating the fuck out of KU, which it's they not will. Gonna happen. And otherwise, I don't give a damn what happens this weekend. Nobody gives a shit. Don't give a damn There's about a lot of Michigan and Ohio State. Watch the world. a lot of big matchups. I will play. watch the World Cup before I'll watch that I won't shit. I will watch the World Cup. So, oh, all right, guys. Christ. Everybody like, subscribe, follow. Leave a comment of your top five Hall of Fame uh, ballots that you want in the comments below. Other than that, have a fabulous Thanksgiving. Thank you for watching. I'll see you on the next one. Buffoons outro. See you guys.